Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This morning, we're glad to have Gary and Carolyn Bird in the house with us today. Gary and Carolyn are no strangers to the house. They've been here many, many times. Founders and director of Mission M25. You probably saw the big trailer out in front on the slab today. Gary and Carolyn have a unique calling to inspire church people to reach those that the church has overlooked. So he's going to come and share with you today. I'm not going to give a long introduction because you'll get to know him as he shares this morning. But would you stand to your feet and give a royal missionary welcome to Gary and Carolyn Bird from Amarillo, Texas. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be in all nations. It's certainly good to be with friends, brothers, and sisters. Um, it's good to be with uh, Stephen Yvonne, who become very dear to us. And uh, I almost, after I looked at Carolyn, I said, I'm ready to preach. I almost looked at him and said, forget all of the pleasantries, just let me have the microphone. I'm, I, I, I have been, uh, I guess, probably three days, of four, no, four days ago, the Lord dropped something in my spirit for today, and I had diverted from it, and uh, I'm kind of bullheaded. No, I'm really bullheaded, and I was going to do what I felt like needed to be done instead of what I felt the Lord saying. And about six o'clock this morning, the Lord uh, began to open that back up inside of me, and it's on praise. We're going to end with praise. We started with praise. We're going to end with praise. I, I, I just sat there during this praise, and I was going, God, you're right on time. You're, and uh, I appreciate what the Holy Spirit does. Um, a couple of things that we want to do, uh, Carolyn and I want to say thank you for all of the prayers. We, we received the cards today, last night that got lost in the mail, but uh, we want to say thank you for all of the prayers that you prayed for us during our accident. Um, the 4CPR was something that I had worked endless hours. I mean, I had almost, I think I had ridden about 60 or 70 percent of the route uh, earlier and uh, spent a lot of time and energy out there and to not be able to do it was very difficult but you guys did a wonderful job of hosting the 4CPR uh, prayer team uh, we want to say thank you to you as a church we want to say thank you for your faithful giving to us um, keeps us on the fighting line one of the things that I believe that is very important to the church today that we have failed is we spend all of our resources on the people in the church and we don't spend it taking care of this, reaching the Samaritans, what I call the Samaritans. And that's basically who God has called us to. And that's the people that are hostile. I've been cussed out. I've been threatened. Uh, I've been almost run off the road. I've, I knew that if I didn't handle the conversation right, I was going to take a knife one time. We go to the people where nobody wants to go in our country. Been run off of a reservation. Just simply made one sentence, Pastor. One sentence, and they run me off of a reservation over it. And uh, it was merely a question. 
But the Lord opened up another reservation, and he's opened up another reservation. And so we just keep going, and it's you that makes that possible. And we want to say thank you for that. Um, our, our, uh, our whole family has uh, fallen in love with Steve Dow. They don't know Yvonne yet, um, but uh, our youngest son and our daughter was there uh, in Oregon with us when we had our wreck or they came, and uh, I think Steve was the one she told me, she said she was getting all kinds of crazy reports, and Steve just told her, if it was my dad and mom, I'd want to be here, and she said, that's all I needed to hear, and so he took and uh, took care of us uh, until our family got there and made sure our family was taken care of, and we just want to say thanks to them. Uh, we're going to do something else in just a moment. She's not just here looking pretty. She's going to say something in a minute. All right. But, uh, and I wrote these down because I get in such a hurry. I, my focus is the word. And sometimes we talked about it coming in the parking lot. Sometimes we forget to say thank you like we should. And uh, we just want y'all to know we appreciate it. We want Yvonne to know, and we want Steve to know that we greatly appreciate what you did on Run for the Wall. Yeah, if it wouldn't have been for Yvonne's bravery, <laughs> she's only one of three women who have driven a chase truck. Uh, a young lady named Tops, uh, we call her Short Stack. Her name is Dee uh, Barker. She drove one, and then Carolyn drove it two years, and my marriage survived it. And uh, so Yvonne stepped up to the plate. And uh, we appreciate it. And Steve, we're praying for another year when you can be healthy and uh, be out there with us again. I know next year's not on the table, but uh, we're looking for a healthy Pastor Steve Dow, are we? Are we? And so we're believing for that, brother. And uh, we want to say thank you. And then lastly, thank you for what you did for Corey Jones. Um, if there was ever a couple that has paid a price to do what they're doing, it's Corey and Jana Jones. Uh, they've taken their little family and moved them to Montana. Right now, we took, we have an old RV. It's a, it's an 07 model. I didn't know if it'd make it to Montana. And uh, we put it on the road and they're staying in our old RV and they bought a storage building. Their kids are not there yet. And so they bought a storage building and uh, set it next to our old RV and that's where the kids are sleeping. And uh, they're doing a work up there that's going to make an eternal difference. And y'all going up there and working uh, was such a shot in the arm to them. So thank you. Stephen Yvonne, at this time, if you'll come up for just a moment. Uh, the sister that gave a word while ago was talking about the Lord of hosts in the New Living Translation. I believe it, in, it refers to it as the Lord God of heaven's armies. And I, we believe, we believe that we're going to see a transition from God being focused as the priest to God being the king. For, decades, for centuries, the first thousand years, he was seen as the Lord God of, our Jesus, the Christ warrior. What we believe is that we've got to fight like we've never fought before. Amen. 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 Um, our children, I talked to the men last night, our children and our grandchildren's lives are at stake. Yeah. And we've got to fight. Uh, there's, there's nothing I possess on planet Earth that's worth holding on to 
if I can make a difference for my children and my grandchildren and other people's children and grandchildren. I've looked at my grandchildren and children many times and I've said, kids, I know I miss a lot of things in your life, but I want you to know I'm fighting for a better world. How many of you believe that God's still on the throne and we can still have the country that God wants us to? So what we've done is um, just a token of appreciation, I think, that one. If you want to do Yvonne's first. We've, we've bought some warrior Bibles. And uh, in it, we, talk, we have a little card in there that talks about us being a militia. Now, Yvonne, Steve can share that with you. I'm, that's not my message this morning. So Steve can share that with you. But Carolyn, if you want to. Yvonne, I'm going to present this to you. Out of all the den denomination of the churches, you were the one that started Women Warriors. I commend you. And I believe that it's just not going to be here, but it will be spread out like a fire with women that would desires to be a wife to their husband and to reach out to the kingdom for the Lord and have a heart to reach the souls. And you are a key. We've seen a child being born that was conceived and, and, and rejoice now that was impossible, but not through God. We've seen marriages mending and being flourished. Thank you. Steve, I'm around a lot of pastors. I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this so that the congregation don't get um, messed up, but it's just good to be around a stud, a man that knows how to be a man. And uh, I appreciate you more than you know. Thank you. Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you for serving on our M25 board and et cetera, et cetera. So much that we could say. The Lord is good, isn't he? How many of you have ever heard of a North Pole scripture? No matter what is going on in your life, no matter where you're at in your life, there needs to be a word that you can go to, something that God deposits inside of you. This is, I don't care what kind of turmoil is around me, there is something that I can hang on to. In 1988, I had a very dear friend that, that he had had surgery and the hospital accidentally sewed up a, hot, a towel inside of his abdomen area. And he just got bigger and bigger and bigger and they said he's gonna die and we don't know what's wrong. They couldn't find it. They couldn't find out what was, what was causing the infection. And, and he finally went into a, a, a coma a semi-coma, I guess, but he didn't, you couldn't communicate with him. And they finally opened him up. They said, well, he's going to die if we leave him, and he's going to, we don't know that he can survive the surgery, but we're going to go ahead and open him up. And they opened him up and found that towel. The doctor came out immediately and met with his wife, which we were, Carolyn and I was sitting with her, and they just knew a lawsuit was on the table. And she looked at him and she said, sir, 
we are all human beings. You're a human being and you make mistakes. We choose to forgive you. And watching that thing roll out, and while he was in that semi-coma state, he would quote Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. He was out of it, but out of his mouth kept rolling those words. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Though I'm in the midst of trouble, thou will perfect that which concerneth me. And that became, in 1992, I heard that, or 1995, I heard that I was supposed to have a North Pole scripture. And no matter what goes on in my life, no matter what is confusing in my life, no matter what is uh, disturbing in my life, no matter how hard times get, I can always look and I can, it's in my spirit, it's in my heart, it's part of my fabric. And I just began to quote, Lord, I know you're going to perfect that which concerneth me. When I was laying there on the table or the gurney out in the waiting room, I mean, they had me in a hallway and people were going everywhere after the wreck. I just looked up to heavens and I says, Lord, I don't know what all's going on on but I know one thing you know where I'm at how many of y'all know God knows where you're at today you know where I'm at and you know what my future is so I'm just going to lay here and trust you and it was because of that text now that's what the Lord woke me up with this morning just rolling over and over in my spirit and when when y'all started praising and when the things started whirling out and the word from the Lord I just kept thinking God I wanted to shout I mean I was over there praising God Steve because I said Lord I heard you this morning I want you to know I do believe God has a word for us and we are going to end we didn't just praise for a little while we're going to praise when this thing is over because God is worthy to be praised today amen no matter what we're going through the Lord is able to bring us through it if we hold on to him and he's going to complete the work the next verse says he will complete he will finish the work that he started in me well when I looked at that and as I studied that after in 1995 or actually I began studying it in 1988 I started looking at that text and rolling it over in my spirit and it says though I walk in the midst of trouble and this morning as I was sitting there in the lobby praying and seeking the Lord and looking at the word, the Lord began to just filter inside of me. How many of y'all know that that word right there when it says, though I walk in the midst of trouble is like a vice. How many of you have ever felt a vi emotionally felt a vice pushing in on you? You know, it seemed like everything in the world that could go wrong is going wrong. Anybody ever felt that way? Everybody, every time, that, I mean, it, you're getting it from every side. And what we as believers are right now, as I was sitting there, I was thinking about the fact that we have rich men that don't care anything about human beings making decisions for us in Washington, D.C. We have rich people that are making decisions for us that don't care about what our children and our grandchildren are going to experience. They're only looking for the power and the benefits that they can get. Oh, come on, help me. Am I telling the truth? They're, they don't care about us. The culture is pushing against us. We're not going to define that for us this morning, but I want us to understand that the culture is evil and the culture is pushing on us and that sometimes we become confused. And then I look over here on the left side and the church, 
How many of y'all know the church is compromised and lethargic? As I was sitting there praying this morning, I began to see how that we are, what I was sharing with you earlier about the, the, you can live any way you want to live and go to heaven. And we've got this, this compromising message. And then those that are not compromising are lethargic. It's just like, well, whatever goes, goes. We're not going to let it go. I want God news for you this morning. God's going to be God in the midst of that thing. And it says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Come on. Thou wilt revive me. Thou wilt breathe life into me. Yvonne, I remember those times when I couldn't breathe. Pressure was coming from every side. And I look up to the Lord and I said, Lord, you will revive me. And I felt the breath of God flow inside of my being like I'd never felt it before. How many of you know the more the vice pushes in, the more the breath of God is going to be breathed into you. It's the breath of God that breathed into Adam and made him a living soul. I'm going to tell you, it may look like death. It may look dark, but God has a breath of life that he's wanting to breathe into you and cause you to live again. How many of you know God don't want us going around in the mully grubs? He wants us living in the power, the power of his life. He didn't raise me to just some eternal life. Thank God I have it, and that's what I'm living for. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm glad that he gives me abundant life today. My pockets may be empty. I may have sickness and disease in my body, but I want you to know one thing. The breath of the eternal life of God will breathe into me. I'll never forget, the Lord just brought this to my remembrance. But I was having a devotion. I always have devotion. I was on the road, I'd been on the road by myself for oh, several days. I was missing the love of my life. I was miss, missing my children. I was all alone out there. I got into the motel room and I was playing my worship music. And I began to, it was, it was in, uh, oh goodness, Kingman, Arizona. And I was, said, Lord, I know you are who you are. And God just began to speak into my spirit. And I looked up to the heavens, and at that time, thank God I didn't have, I, well, thank God I don't have that now because I have folks like you that help us. But back then, there was nobody helping us. And I was living on a credit card. My credit card kept getting higher and higher and higher. I was up to $83,000 in credit card debt doing this thing. And I was looking, God, you're able, you're able. And I was, I was lonely, I was discouraged, I had all of those moments coming in together. And I decided that I would praise the Lord in that little old motel room. And I started praising God. And the thing started rolling out of my mouth. And I said, Lord, I may die with holes in my shoes and holes in my breeches. I may die owing everybody in country. I may die with every disease that this body can possibly hold. But as for me, I'm going to rejoice in you. <laughs> and I started rejoicing in the Lord. And God began to lift my spirit. I got on my motorcycle and I took off down the highway. I went across the desert, went into uh, California and the, I was uh, coming across that desert. It was hot. 
And then when I got in across the desert, I got into the fields that was being sprayed with water and that water was, that cool was coming over me and I was still rejoicing in the breath that God had spoken into my life that morning. I was worshiping him because that he was God. Come on, say he's God. He's God. I was just worshiping him because he was God and lifting him up and the Lord spoke into my spirit. He said, Gary, what was it you always wanted to do? I said, I don't know. And I'm just riding down the highway. I said, I don't know, God. He said, what was it when you was five years old that happened in your life? And I thought a little bit. Oh, I remember my Uncle Chuck picked me up on a motorcycle. And all I could dream of, I remember at 13, riding my little Yamaha 50cc bike across the, we had these little country roads over there in the country town I was living in. And I'd ride in the front and I had a guy on a Cushman Eagle over here and a guy on a Honda 90 over here and we'd ride down the highway and I said, boy, someday we're going to ride across the country. We're going to ride across the country. And all I could, I said, God, I always wanted to ride across country. He said, well, what are you doing? I said, I'm riding across the country. And he said, well, what did you want to ride it on? I said, well, I didn't want to ride it on a dang Honda. I wanted a Harley. And the Lord said, what are you riding? I said, I'm riding a Harley Davidson. And I said, God, you heard, you heard my cry from five years old. And I'm watching it come to pass today. How many of you know that God has a destiny for you? And you've got to let him breathe into you again. Oh, God's got to breathe life. God's got to breathe life. Then it says that once that, I've got, I want to move through this quickly because I want to get back to the praise. There's a lot of stories I could tell. That's not necessary this morning. You got what I'm talking about there. But then I, I saw something that I'd never seen before. It was crazy this morning. I went out there and sat among all the smokers. You know what I mean? You go, I wanted to go outside. I love to be outside. So I went out and sat on the patio and I didn't realize that's where everybody went to smoke. And I'm sitting out there in this fog, you know, and, and just worshiping God. And uh, the Bible says that he will raise his hand against our enemies. And with his right hand, he will save us. And I've known that since 1988. But I'm sitting there in the worship of the, in the spirit this morning. And I heard the Lord speak into my heart. Yeah, Gary, the angel of death showed up on June the 27th, 2021. <laughs> the angel of death showed up. But I put my left hand up against that angel. I put the hand of judgment against that angel. I stopped that angel of death that had visited you and Carolyn. And I put him to halt. And then I took my right hand and I reached down... <laughs> Oh, somebody ought to say praise God. I took that right hand and I reached up. Steve, I've never seen that till this morning. I reached that right hand down and I picked you up. I took you and Carolyn out of that. Matter of fact, I wanted you to know it was me so much that I sent Pastor Steve an angel to let him see it so that he would know and so that you would know. Oh, praise God. I know you can't be as excited as I am, but that gum I'm excited. And I'm sitting there worshiping with Tom and the team up here a while ago, and it said, he is our hero. <laughs> and I'm praising God for the hero of God. 
And I felt as he was, as you guys were singing and praising the Lord, I could just sense in my spirit that the Lord wanted me to ask you, when do you know that the death angel visited you? How many of you have had an experience where you were close to death? Anybody besides me? How many of you can remember a time where you could have been killed? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is, I'm going to tell you how stupid I am. I was 16 years old, living in a little town called Cement, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's a hard town. Nothing to do. We're, we're in a 57 Ford. Hard top. And the driver looked at me and said, Bird, I bet you can't crawl out the back window on this side and get in the window on that side while I'm doing 80 miles an hour. I said, I bet I can. Yeah, like an idiot. Had a little bitty antenna right in the middle of the trunk. And I crawled out there and I reached as hard as I could and I got that antenna and I pulled my little body across the back end of that car and he's going around the curve. That thing's slinging me every which way. And I got, finally got back around on this side and I crawled back in and I looked down and said, I told you I couldn't. Now, go ahead and say it. You're an idiot. I have a grandson just like it. If you dare him, he's going to do it. That's what I've done. And what the Lord is speaking, just as, I'm, as I'm, this whole thing is manifesting in me, how many of you know that sometimes you've done some stupid... Y'all's all looking at me like I'm the only stupid one in the crowd. And I'm going to tell you what, there's some stupid people in this world. I are one of them, I get it. But how many of you know that that death angel may have showed up when you was acting a fool and saved you? How many of you know that God will do things for us because he knows he has a plan for us? God knew when I was 16 years old, crawling out of that car, that he had a plan for me to do something called Mission M25. And he had to keep this fool from killing himself. Oh, come on. How many of you know that's the kind of God we serve? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that God's left hand of judgment against that death angel shows up. Not just when we're doing something good. Sometimes he shows up when we need it because we're acting a fool and we don't know what we're doing. Oh, come on. Aren't you glad for that right hand of mercy? I, just, I want you to know that right hand of mercy and grace, that which we don't deserve, that is power, God comes and shows up and manifests himself so that he can complete the work in us. That's why I, know I don't worry. I have a good friend. He was shot 11 times with an AK-47. I think he's been here, hasn't he? Steve Walker. We call him Sergeant Rock. We were in a wreck one, or him and another brother of mine, Danny Stewart, was in a car wreck coming back from Run for the Wall one year. It took us three months to get that man settled down. We could have been killed. I don't know what we're going to... I said, Rock, if I had been shot 11 times with an AK-47 and survived, I would kind of think I was invincible. I kind of think, well, the devil can't take me out till God's ready to get me out of here. And I can tell you, <laughs> since June the 27th of 2021, I kind of got that feeling, Steve. The devil's not taking me out until God's ready to take me out. How many of you know your time is in God's hands? Your hand, you're in his hand. You'll leave this place when God wants you to leave this place.
Now, you can be stupid and kill yourself, but the God, I, well, you know, I shouldn't have said it that way, but I already out there. You can kill yourself and mess it up, but I'm going to tell you the truth is, is if you'll just halfway behave, God will take care of you. He said, he said, though I walk in the midst of trouble, it's pushing on me. You're going to take that left hand of judgment and hold it against them, and you're going to take that right hand of mercy and pick me up. Now, this is by Psalmist David. And Psalmist David starts it with the six, first six verses, and I'm just going to give you quickly what those say. In my words, this is what I got this morning out of I've never, never spoke on the first six verses. But those first three or first six verses are broken into three parts in my my thinking. The first one is is that we are to praise him in the present. Say in the present. Come on, say in the present. I gotta turn over here. This is all new, so I'm gonna have to look at it. We're to praise him in the face of our enemies. How I many of you know it's time for us to walk in praise in the face of our enemies and quit bowing down before them? Huh? Now, you just fit that however you want to fit it. But I'm going to tell you, last week I was on the Navajo Reservation. I woke up in the middle of the night just troubling my spirit. And I had one of those Elijah moments. Y'all know what an Elijah moment is. I'm the only one, God. Nobody hears me. Nobody cares what I'm saying. Had one of those moments. But then I found myself rejoicing. I found myself going to the word. I found myself rejoicing. I learned what David did. He, in, he encouraged himself in the Lord. How I many of you know in our present time, we're going to have to take a be aggressive with our worship. We can't wait till Sunday morning and have Tom and the team come up here and lead us. We better learn to worship in our home. We better learn to worship in our car. We need to learn to worship at our jobs. We need to learn to worship wherever we are because he's worthy. In the presence, in the, the face of our enemies, we must praise him. Number two is we must corporately worship. And that's what we've done this morning. I'm going to tell you, I, the Lord has been working me over because when I travel and speak, I'm always asking God, God, help me. Help me to know what to say. Help me to say the right things. Keep my mouth shut when it should be shut and open it when it ought to be open. And I was just, I, and so many times I never enjoy or enter the worship with the corporation. I never come into corporate worship. I'm busy getting ready to speak what I'm about to speak. And about three months ago, the Lord started working on me. When you go into a worship service, you worship. How many of y'all know we've got to go back instead of watching entertainment and start moving in the worship ourselves? We can have great worship teams and get nothing more than entertained unless we get into it. And I want to just tell you that you don't need to know that. You guys was involved. Well, there were some of us involved in that. Amen. Number two, we got to praise him for the past. How many of y'all felt the love of God? Any time in your life have you ever felt the love of God? Come on, raise your hand up. If you've ever felt the love of God, I want you to hold your hand up. I'm looking at hands around here. I want to see if you felt the love of God at any point in your life. I want you to see your hand up. Now, here's what I'd like for you to do, please, is I want you to look at that hand. Just look at it. 
and say, Lord, remind me <laughs> of the love that I felt. When I feel alone, remind me of the love that I felt. Remind me of that experience, and then the worship will start flowing out of my bones, and it'll start flowing out of my mouth if I remember it. How many of you have ever had God answer a prayer for you? He said, I remembered when you answered. I called and you answered. I know there's days that I heard the voice of God answer my prayers. He's come into those lonely dark places. He's come into those places of pressure and he's lifted my spirit. He heard my cry so many times in the midst of it we forget what God has done because we're frustrated that we don't feel like he's doing anything for us right now. Am I telling the truth? I've got to worship him for the past. Those things that he has done, the prayers he's answered, the love I felt, and I've got to worship him for the truth of God's word. Doesn't matter what God or what the world is saying, it doesn't matter how much pressure's on me, I can always go back to the word of truth and see the word of God. Yeah, yeah, and then the Lord will confirm it. I, I, man, there's a whole other thing. But then we have to praise him for the future. We gotta praise him for the pre in the present, praise him for the past, and praise him for the future. The Bible says <laughs> that every knee shall bow. Come on, come on. Every knee shall bow. Now, I'm not, I'm not promoting Democrats or Republicans here. Now, that's not what I'm doing. But what I am doing is telling you that those rats up there are someday going to have to bow down on their knees before an almighty God. And they're going to give an account for it. And they're going to have to acknowledge that he is God. And that he is King of Kings. And he is Lord of Lords. Oh, come on. Now, someday, and I'm going to tell you when I feel like we're getting pushed around, I have to remind myself, someday, God, you're going to humble those men and women. One day, you're going to get them down on their knees. One day they're going to be made to realize that you are the king and they're not all that in a bag of chips. Every knee shall bow. And then the last thing I'll tell you about the future that causes me to worship, it seems like the arrogant are winning the game right now. In the church and outside the church. If you can act arrogant and cocky, Act like you've got it all together. You can draw a crowd. You can make people think that you're all of that. Huh? Come on. I'm fixing to go watch men who are arrogant. And they're going to act like they're all spiritual. Steve, it's tough. But my Bible says that arrogant he will resist. But I have my eye on the humble you walk humbly you walk humbly and God's got his eye on you you walk arrogantly 
and he's not paying attention to you. But if you'll humble yourself, see, I know I'm no scholar. I know that I don't know all that I should know. I know that I'm not the best looking thing in the world. That, that's why that when they put those two steel plates in my face, I got two steel plates right here. They just, they looked, that doctor looked down at me and when she come in, she said, well, we're going to have to go in there and do surgery and put two steel plates in you because your eyeball has dropped. And I said, ma'am, can you make me look like Elvis Presley? <laughs> she said, well, sir, I don't think I can get that done, but I think we're going to do the best we can. And so they didn't cut me out here because they didn't want to make me any more ugly. They cut me inside here and so that I'm not any worse to look at. I may not be good looking, see, and I may not be the sharpest guy in town, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm a humble man before God that knows who his God is, and God's got his eye on me, and I can walk into the praise courts saying, yes, Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Do you believe that this morning? Turn with me to Jude. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jude. We're going to wrap this thing up. Hey, Steve, you got a responsibility. Don't you ever tell anybody that I come to your church and preach in this little bit of time. I'm usually known as a long-winded guy, and I just looked at my clock. We're doing good. How many of you know the Holy Spirit had already done a lot of work in us before we got up here? And all I'm trying to do is confirm and give you a word to cause you to do it when you leave here. Amen. I didn't realize it. But Jude, those last few verses of Jude, one commentator says is the best written stanzas of worship in the whole New Testament. What a beautiful thing. Let's just go ahead. I was going to start at verse 24, but let's start at verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Say, isn't that what we've been talking about? Say, building myself up. Who's responsible to get you built up? Huh? Yourself. You can't look. Well, I just don't get the encouragement I need. Big deal. Grow up. Encourage yourself. Huh? Paul told Timothy, stir the fire up inside of you. It's your responsibility. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keeping, keep yourselves in the love of God. Whose responsibility is it to stay in the love of God? My responsibility. Jude's challenging them. He's, Jude is challenging because there are so many false teachers. And he's saying, look, you keep yourself in the love of God. I don't care what they're saying out there. I want you to know there's a lot of men and women standing in front of our people around this country. The, I started to say globe, but especially across the United States of America that are lying to the people. And you're not going to be able to look up and say, well, God, it was that preacher that I was in front. No, it's you. Right? Looking for the mercy of the one Lord Jesus Christ unto, of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. When some have compassion on others, scare the hell out of them. Isn't that what it says? Well, it's my translation. Hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him. Come on, stand with me, would you? Is it on the screen? 
Go to that next verse, would you? Let's, let's just read it together out on the screen. Say, now to him, come on, who is able to keep you from stumbling. Come on, say, I don't have to stumble. Oh, come on, I don't have to stumble. I don't have to fall. He is able. Come on, he's able. I don't have to sin tomorrow. Oh, I don't have to. He's able to keep me from and to present you faultless. Come on. How many of you know that the Lord wants us to be sanctified and pure and he wants to present us in that faultless state? Oh, I know. I know. I know. None of us are perfect and we're perfect by the blood of Jesus. But I want you to know there comes a sanctifying level of God that makes us more holy and we do some things ourselves. Yes, God makes us through the blood of Jesus, makes us holy, but I can live that holiness and I can obey that holiness and I can keep myself from that sin that is so easily beset me come on how many of you know that's possible in God he said before the presence oh oh, stay with me up there please I, I didn't I left my Bible before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy how many of y'all full of joy this morning oh hallelujah hallelujah He said, to God our Savior, to God our Savior, to God, come on, to God our Savior, who alone is wise. Oh, come on, say he's wise. Come on, say it, I'm glad I don't understand him. Come on, I'm glad I don't understand him. Because if I understood him, guys, he wouldn't be smarter than me. He's wise. He's all wise. Be glory and majesty hallelujah dominion and power come on can you all see God as the greater power come on get a vision of Jesus as the greater power the Lord God of heaven's armies as the greater power Jesus the Christ warrior as the mighty the, the greater power Somebody y'all not going to get it because you're going to leave here with a little bitty Jesus. And you're going to see yourself as run over by a system out there. You're going to see yourself run over. They're, they're, they're scalping us in so many ways. And you're looking at it and saying, well, that's just the way it's going to be. I want to tell you the natural it may be. But the joy of the Lord can rise in your spirit. When I'm pumping gas, I'm pumping diesel that's a dollar and a half a gallon more than gasoline. I'm looking at it out here. Man, your state's getting to us diesel drivers. A dollar and a half more a gallon for gasoline. And I can look at that and go, oh God, the system. Or I can look and say, God, you are able, you're mighty, you're powerful, you're the one that is victorious. It's all about my attitude, is it not? He is the powerful one. He is the one that has dominion both now and forever. Say, God will never. Say, God will never run out of power. He's going to be powerful to the bitter end of this thing. I'm going to turn this back over to them. Let them sing. Let our pastor lead us. But I just want you to know that Jesus Christ, someday, i got to tell you, while you're standing, it won't be a long story. But 
but I'm riding the first time that I ever rode my motor or a motorcycle it was rented in Israel I was riding down the Megiddo Valley and I was riding in the path toward the enemy and I started rejoicing in the Lord I said Lord someday you're gonna lead a host of army and we're gonna see you bring the final destruction to evil I'm going to tell you that every time that I get a little discouraged, I can look at the riding that motorcycle down and seeing the end of that thing and knowing that someday the enemy's blood is going to run up to the bits of the horse's mouth and I'm going to be riding. I'm going to ride Steve. We're going to be on a horse right next to him. Now, I don't know. I've been talking to the Lord about it. I think you ought to have some iron horses in there. But if he don't, we're going to ride a horse right beside him. Oh, come on. Help me know that Jesus Christ is worthy. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for letting me be here. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.